page 189. Ecstasy is the experiential position of divine bliss in which we are open to the glory realm. That is such a great quote. Page 200, it says, the state of ecstatic contemplation is just a foretaste of the beatitude of our souls. Uh, another word is the beautification of our souls. The beatitude of our souls to be experienced forever in heaven. Now, um, the Bible says that God will show us the path of life and in his presence is fullness of joy. We know this as a memory verse. We know this as a song that we sing. How many of us know this as an experience? When I come into union with God, I am filled with divine joy. The psalmist says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, there is a, a devious lie of the enemy that would try to tell you that God does not want you to pursue pleasure. That's not true. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasure. If you look up that word, it means exactly that. Things that are pleasing and acceptable and uh, th things uh, that, that you, not in an uh, evil sense, but things that you covet, things that you want. They're pleasures. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore, eternal pleasures. Now, here is where the lie comes in. The enemy lies to you. God does not want you to have pleasure. And deep in your soul, something says, I need pleasure. I can't live empty. I need joy. I can't live empty. I want pleasure. And then we listen to the lie of the devil. God doesn't want you to live in pleasure. And so we go try to find pleasure in the sins of this world. That is one of the great lies that the enemy uses against us. Listen to this. Page 200 again. The way of Jesus is the way of ecstasy. It is the path of life. And when we abide in his presence, we abide in fullness of joy. Now listen to this from Jeremiah. In this context, he said, that's supposed to be done. My people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And they have made their own cisterns that are broken and can hold no water at all. Now, that is the tragedy of human life. What we want, what we need, what we were created for, we are lied to by the enemy, and we think God has no intention of furnishing that. I need to find it 
in some illicit sexual affair. I need to find it at the bottom of a wine bottle. I need to find it by something I shoot in my veins or sniff up my nose. God does not want me to experience ecstasy and joy and pleasure. So I got to find it somewhere else because I need that. That is the great lie. That's why there are millions of addicts addicted to porn, addicted to uh, strong drink, addicted to uh, something that they smoke or something that they sniff up their nose or or on and on it goes. And, and it's not just addictions that are physical. It's, it's addictions of the soul. You think you need to make more money. You think you need to be more popular. You think that if, uh, if more people knew about you, more people respected you, you would be truly happy. It's a lie of the enemy. And that's why God says, my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And they have made their own sisters that are broken and can hold no water at all. Hello and welcome back. This is Waking Up With Mel and this is going to be episode 48. Today we're going to talk about the ecstasy of God. This is a topic I've been waking up to the last couple weeks ever since I listened to Pastor Dave Bryan um, a couple weeks ago. I heard him on a podcast, started listening to everything he had to say, shared with you guys last week a, a YouTube video that was one of my favorites. It didn't tell all the story um, that I had heard over the times, but it gave people a good idea of Anton LaVey and his depravity and how he died. And I found it so interesting that I made a little TikTok to share that I had just posted a podcast. And I don't typically do that, but I felt compelled to. So I posted it and it blew up. And so many people started making comments and it made me realize where a lot of people are at, uh, spiritually speaking. And I think that a majority of people are awake and aligned. A lot of people are, you know, ready to hear truth and to seek out the truth. And a lot of people don't believe anything you put in front of their face. And then I saw some comments from Satanists. One Satanist I had to actually block because he was just, I couldn't even keep up. Like he just was going off. And I was just like, I'm not here. We're not here to debate like how Anton LaVey died. Okay. I know the Satanists say he didn't die the way that Pastor Dave Bryan says his silver cord was cut. So let's talk about this real quick because I know a lot of you have not listened to last week's podcast. And if you haven't, you should just turn this one off right now. Go back, listen to Anton LaVey versus Jesus, and then come back to here because today we're going to talk about the ecstasy of God, the power of God, the authority of God, and how most of us Christians barely know anything about it, let alone use it. So let's start with the silver cord. All right. If you've never listened to my yoga episode, I used to be a yoga teacher and I was a Christian when I started yoga and I didn't realize the demons that were attached to the practice of yoga. I had no idea until I got really deep into learning about it. And um, I'm really glad God took me down that path because I learned about Hinduism and I learned about what these people believe and all the different gods they have. And it's, it's pretty crazy. And it made me actually as a Christian become stronger because I'm like, if they believe in all this craziness and pray to 20,000 different gods, why am I ashamed of Jesus? And that's something the enemy's done to us over the years is he's made us completely ashamed in Jesus. Church is completely boring and weak. And 
And religion sucks, frankly. I do not like religion. And Jesus wasn't religious. <laughs> and I think that so many people are stuck in their religions. Like I had one comment that said, Jews don't even believe in Jesus. And I read the Torah. Like he's like above and beyond everybody else because he reads the Torah and he's a real Jew. And I'm like, bro, since Jesus was here, people didn't believe he was who he said he was, including the Jews, especially the religious Jews. And so there's Messianic Jews that believe in that Jesus was the Messiah. And there's ones that don't the Orthodox Jews, you know, I, I understand religion, but I also understand Jesus. And then and I'm starting to finally understand the power of God, which I feel like I need to share with anybody who has ears to hear it, because we all should be walking in this together and starting to lay down our addictions. I don't know about you guys out there, but I know that I've lived with several addictions from my teenage years that are hard for me to shed. And it's weird to me because sometimes I feel like I'm living two lives parallel. Like one of what part of me is like, it's Friday. I'm going to have a truly. And then the next part of me is like, well, why do you even need that? You know, there's so many and then in my state marijuana is legal i've always been taught you know marijuana is bad and it's the devil's drug and then the bible says it's an herb and or all seed bearing plants are good and then i'm like well god can you teach me about this and like what's your you know what's your idea with it and at the end of the day i don't think god wants us to be high on anything but him and i'm gonna before I share with you what a silver cord is, I'm going to share with you the one time I was super high on God that I did not want anything else. So this happened in Florida. I think I've shared this before. If you're a Waking Up With Mel podcast listener, you've probably heard this, but I'm going to share it again. So I'm in Florida. I'm at what's called Cat Kerr Conference. And I, I... When I expose people like Billy Graham and things like that, I'm not trying to say I'm better than them or I know more than them. And the same thing's going to go with what I'm about to say with Kat Kurt. I like her. I think she is awesome. I think God has filled her up with many wise things. But I also don't agree with every single thing she says. <laughs> I just don't. I try really, really hard not to idolize anybody. But it doesn't like Julie Green's another prophet that I've listened to that a lot of people lately have been like use discernment with her use discernment. Actually, I've had three. So that really makes me be like, okay, why God? And then so I listened to her today to say, God, show me what I need to discern about her. And then some and then what I got back from God was maybe we need to discern the people that are telling me to discern. So at the end of the day, I'm trying to figure out everything like you guys are. And the whole reason I went down that rabbit trail is because a lot of you will hear the name Kat Kerr and be like, oh, I don't like her. I don't believe anything she says. She's a witch. She's this. She's that. We need to stop. We need to stop with all of it. If you believe that or you think that or whatever, we have to actually have proof. And I have taken the time to listen to Kat Kerr. And although I don't agree with everything she says, I don't think she's a witch. And I do truly believe that she has encounters with God. And that's her personal journey. And we all hopefully will get that close with God that we have these personal journeys as well. So I'm at our conference. It's called the Wonder Woman Conference. We went, me and my mother, um, and I know I didn't say that proper English, my mother and I uh, went to her conference for three years in a row. My mom is in Idaho. I'm in New Mexico. We'd fly to Florida, meet there. Kat Kerr's from there. 
and she would have Wonder Woman conferences. I don't, I actually think she only had the three. So um, the first year we're there, it's at a hotel, and where it's kind of like downstairs in this fancy hotel, and all of a sudden we're just worshiping. There's just worship music on. I don't even think Cat was there yet, and everyone's praying, and women are falling down. It's all just women. Um, I'm praying over women. I have this tremendous amount of love in my heart, like so much love for all the women there. And, um, you know, if someone looked like they needed help or they were sad or crying or like releasing something, I would just go pray over them. And all of a sudden I got hot, hot and started like so hot. I had to sit down and I was like, mom, what's happening? I'm so hot. And she said, Mel, you're filled with the fire of God. I've always wanted that feeling. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I'm hot. And then, you know, the night went on. It was several hours. Kat came out and she just laid out a bunch of the cool prophecies and cool, just things I never heard, you guys. Um, and, and this is what I, I love about Kat Kerr is she was like, roll up your rapture rug. And I used to have my rapture rug full on out waiting for God to, to come every single day instead of actually occupying and, you know, she made me look at heaven in a different way because she wrote these two books called Heaven is Real, one and two. And it just talks about people who had passed. God gave her a message to give to the living, grieving person from heaven. She would contact that person somehow, some way. God would get her in contact with that person. She would give them the message and it would give them their soul's peace. And so th these books came out and that's kind of how she got started. Um, but anyways... I just started like realizing when Jesus says stuff in the Bible, he actually means it. When he says, I'm going to prepare a mansion for you, he's actually doing so, you know, and, and it's just, it just was really cool. And so the end of the night comes and I have a friend that lives in the same town. She used to live here in Albuquerque, moved to Florida. And every year that I would go out to this conference, I would meet up with her and we used to drink and party together and all the things. She used to be a stripper and I used to go watch her to support her. I mean, that's how depraved we were, right? So we both at this point have given our lives to God and, you know, but we still drink. And I mean, I still do drink. And that's something that I'm working on right now in my life as we speak, because I feel like God's wanting me to take this next step of stepping into glory to glory, kind of like I did in Florida. Um, but yet I keep getting drawn back to these old ways. It's so interesting. So, and especially knowing that this is on the other side, this pure, true ecstasy. So I'm feeling all on fire. I contact my friend. They're all drinking at this bar. They're like, hey, come get us. So I drive my rental car over there. I go pick them up. And looking back, I think they were at a Masonic Lodge, um, like one of those places where the Masons hang out. Um, it wasn't a lodge. They didn't call it a lodge. I can't remember what they call it, but it's something Mason. Anyways, um, uh, pick her up. She's with her boyfriend and this other guy and all three of them get to the car. My window's down. They walk up to the driver's side window and they all say, what? You're glowing. Okay. They're drinking. I'm completely sober. And they just all three confirmed that I was glowing and I felt like I was glowing and, you know, I felt it. So we go to their house and the marijuana comes out and they, you want some? And I'm like, no, I don't. I do not want to erase this high, this feeling that I have right now. And I have to be honest, you guys, that's the first time in my life that I was high on God. And it's 
it's not going to be the last. But I was high on God and it lasted for months. I came home. I, re- I still at this time, I taught what I thought was Christian yoga. I mean, I did. I renamed the postures. I told everybody about the Hindu religion before we even started class and how you got to be careful in real yoga classes and blah, blah, blah. But that gets old too, you know, and it gets, God just takes you down your journeys, guys. Just be patient with where you're at. And, um, if you don't like, or feel uneasy in your soul, ask God to change it. That's what I did with my yoga thing. It was starting to get un like uncomfortable, a little too spiritual. And I'm like, God, I want to be removed out of this. And COVID happened and I never went back. And they fired me because I was too controversial because I told people not to wear masks. So God has a plan and don't you worry about it. Um, anyways, I would lift my hands up in that yoga class and my fingers would tingle with heat and it was just incredible. But slowly and surely I got back into the world, started drinking more and more and smoking. And then, you know, it's, it's like almost goes back, like back to, I would never say you, it, once you move forward in, in Jesus and Christ and your relationship with him, you'll never go back, back, but you'll start to catch your old ways more and more. And then you'll start to notice you're more and more different from the world. Like when you quit celebrating evil holidays like Halloween and other people are like, oh, it's my favorite. And you're like, oh my gosh, how can you even take your kids out? And it's just crazy. I never thought I'd be this person that I am now. But still, I have these shackles of the past that I want to completely let go of. And and I know it will be my story and my testimony when, when I've got to that other side. Um, and for whatever reason, I know it's a choice and I choose what, you know, when I have the truly or when I, um, you know, I don't go to the bars or anything. I don't get me wrong. I'm not like this raging alcoholic or anything, but I can just tell that like my, no one really in my life drinks at all anymore. My husband doesn't drink. Um, you know, most people I know don't drink. And so to be one of the only ones left that still wants to have a drink on a Friday or Saturday, or Wednesday. (laughs) It's just, it's making me feel different and making me feel, um, that I need to shift in this area and that that's what God's pushing me to do. But for some reason I'm like, um, I wouldn't say fighting it, but just, it's not as easy to shed as some people. I hear some people say, yeah, I, I walked away from every single addiction and never looked back. And it's like, how I used to smoke cigarettes when I was in my twenties and I was able to quit that, but it was, it wasn't just like easy. You know what I mean? It was hard. It was the first year was brutal when I first quit smoking cigarettes. I'm glad I did. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those things. And I don't even know why I'm telling you guys all this, but I think somebody out there needed to hear that. So you're not alone and God's got us, but we do have to do the work. You know what I mean? We have to do like intentionally not listen to our flesh. And then at this moment, when we have these, these cravings go to the word and go to the Bible, which sometimes is easy to do. And other times not so easy. And you know, Satan's a great liar. The whole other reason I told you that is because I personally know that true ecstasy with God is real. And I know it's possible to obtain. And, um, I started listening and I actually bought the book ecstasy of God. And it talks about the saints, like St. Patrick, my husband's name is Patricia, which means Patrick. And I always say you're a saint like St. Patrick, but I never knew St. Patrick raised 33 people from the dead. And that's what really got my head like, 
smacked this week because I said, I started researching St. Patrick and he did all these miracles and miracles and, and then these other saints and these other saints. And then they started, I noticed they started calling him mystics. And so I started looking up all these different people and, and then I was like, well, what's a mystic? I always thought that was a new age thing. And it turns out a mystic's just someone that's, let's actually read the definition together. Okay. So a mystic, a person who seeks contemplation and self-surrender to obtain unity or absorption into the deity or the absolute, who believes in the spiritual aber aberrations of truth that are beyond the intellect. The poetry of the 16th century Spanish mystic Saint John of the Cross. He was another interesting person to research. So Saint John of the Cross. So all these saints that the Catholics, like like um Pastor Brian said, he said. The Catholics have done a lot of things wrong, but they, at least they kept in th that there's mystics, that there's real spiritual power through the last 2000 years, because a lot of people read the Bible and they think God's power stopped for some reason. And the only reason it stopped is because we're not doing the work because we don't know how we're not equipped. We're not trained like the people used to be, or some of them were. And the one common thread that I saw with every single mystic that was out there is that they stopped caring about the world around them and how they're going to figure out how to pay the next bill and do this and that and the other. But they've focused all their concentration on up on God. And the more they did that, the more they were just in ecstasy. And the more in ecstasy, the more they it's just it's a cool, cool thing. And it's something that I think we need to share and learn uh, with each other because it's time we take back this world. And I see so many people, especially Christians, too busy fighting about this and that. Like the other day I posted um, something that led to Billy Graham. And if you don't haven't listened to my Billy Graham podcast, he's not the angel everybody thinks he is. And he was promoted by basically the New World Order. He supported everybody in the New World Order. And there's actually a book I'm reading called The Friends of Billy Graham, and it's free online. But I just started reading that yesterday. And it's, you look at a man and look at his friends, and it shows you the man. And I'm sorry for those of you that idolize Billy Graham. And yes, he shared the gospel. And that's what saved people. I heard some guy put a thing. He brought people to Jesus. No, the gospel brought people to Jesus because he shared the actual gospel. But the man actually turned people away from Jesus because he's accused of molesting children. And he had a voice and a platform to save those children. And what he did is was the opposite. And I have a problem with that. And Yes, God can forgive him. And if he asks for forgiveness, I'm sure he's in heaven. But I think a lot of people think people like Charlie Manson's in hell and Billy Graham's in heaven. And there's no question about it when Charlie Manson didn't even do anything. And Billy Graham did. He should have been the one in prison, not Charlie Manson. And, you know, that's how crooked the media has got people's thinking. And then if you really look at Billy Graham and his life, he, all his crusades and this and that, it doesn't say the crusade Jesus Christ, the savior, the crusade. No, it says Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham, Billy Graham. And I, I can't even believe the support he gave for Clinton and Hillary. And we know how evil they are, or you should. And if you don't, then it's easy to find out. Anyways, I just think a lot of people have quit 
focusing their attention on the power of Jesus and they put it in the power of people. And we have all these idols and all these prophets and everything that we idolize when we should go to the Bible and read it. And if people share it and you like them and share those people, that's awesome. But we should never put people on a pedestal. We all put our pants on the same way. We are all the same. And that's, I, I, and I still, to this day, I'm like, if you are famous, it isn't by accident. Someday, I think, uh, you know, true believers will be truly famous because Jesus will, has prepared our hearts and, and put us to be ready to be in front of other people. But as far as fame goes now, it's, you are heavily blackmailed and you do what they want. And if you don't do it, they're going to slam you in the media and then you're going to look at, you know, you'll have, you'll be disgraced. So you got one or two choices here to be famous. <laughs> and then this whole selling your soul, you can't sell your soul guys. Your soul belongs to God. He created you and your soul will go wherever you choose it to go. Heaven or hell. And let's talk about that silver cord now. So first, let's just read what the New Agers say. Okay, so the silver cord, astral projection, and traveling in the spirit are totally different. Okay, so the silver cord is attached to astral projection. Let me explain. The silver cord um, studies literature, also known as the S-U-T-R-A-T-M-A, or life thread of the anthrica refers to the life-giving linkage from the higher self down to the physical body. It also refers to extended syn synthesis of thread and a second conscious thread passing from the soul to the physical body that connects the physical body to the etheric body. I probably said that word wrong, but that's okay. If you're listening... I've listened to my podcast before and been like, oh, shoot, I should delete that because I didn't mean to say that. And I can't go back and edit it now because it's already published. But it is what it is. I'm a flawed human and I'm not here to show you perfection. Okay, so how the silver cord is linked to astral projection, which Anthony LaVey did supposedly for the military to go inside people's houses. I honestly uh, pr pray about my house being protected from anybody that astral projects because I'm not, you're not allowed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we have to do that. I mean, this is, we're in spiritual warfare and most people are spiritually like checked out. They don't even realize they go and decorate their house and demonics. Hey, Halloween's coming up and people are all getting ready for it. It's their favorite time of year. Whole neighborhoods get their whole street demonic. And it's like the other day here in New Mexico and Albuquerque, in the South Valley, they have this thing where people put all their, I don't know, fears and all this crap and they burn it. And there was pictures people took of the demon that showed up. I mean, it, I mean, we're living in some spiritual warfare times right now and people wake up, wake up to that if you don't wake up to anything else. Because all these conspiracies and everything I share with you all the time, they really don't matter as much as your spiritual eyes being awake to that there's a real devil some guy even on the comments put, we don't worship the devil of the Bible. <laughs> uh, is there another one? Fast answer. No, there's, there's not. There's, there's of the fallen Satan, the Lucifer there. And there's all his minions, all the, you know, third of heaven that fell with them. Then they went and they made it with humans. They created giants. The giants are disembodied spirits that like to go and possess people. And people are more than happy to let them in. They let them in through music, movies, strong drink, 
all kinds of things. And, you know, it's our job to be aware spiritually of all of it, you know, but I'm, I'm walking the journey. I'm not, I'm not a mystic yet, (laughs) but the more I believe we commune with God, the more we are removed, removed from the cares of this world. And I know it's happened to me in certain areas of my life, especially with mammon, with money. I trust God completely. Um, always have because there's times where I'm like, I'm about to be homeless. (laughs) God, what you going to do? And the things that God has done is miraculous. It's amazing. It's so cool. But there's other areas in my life, fear, um, you know, that took me many years to overcome. And there's times where it still tries to creep in. And there's, you know, like I talked about with the alcohol, um, I want to completely not have anything in my life that I go to except for God. And that is a challenge as a human being. And Jesus drank wine. So we, you know, we got that whole thing too, but there's, I don't think Jesus drank wine every night and I don't think he ever got drunk. So there's a huge difference between enjoying yourself and having an addiction to something. You know what I mean? Um, but I also, everything I've read, these people that just seek God constantly, they probably don't have time to be like, Oh yeah, I want to go have a glass of wine. (laughs) They probably are like full on seeking God 24 seven, like Enoch was. Um, it says that Enoch just went away for months at a time just to seek God. And then people would look for him like the Kings of the world to, to seek his guidance. So again, rabbit trail, because I'm so good at that. But we're going to go to astral projection because I did not forget. So astral projection is an out-of-body experience. And basically people see the silver cord linking to their astral body, to their physical body. And um, if that cord is cut in the spiritual or whatever, it's said that the person cannot, their soul cannot come back into their body and they'd physically die. And that's what happened to Anton LaVey, the Satanist in California. And a lot of Satanists have a hard time admitting that because then they have to admit Jesus won. So they rather say, oh no, he had a heart attack. Well, of course he did. His heart stopped. He died. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing about someone's death. But when you mock Jesus and mock Jesus and mock Jesus and think you are like, get away with everything. It's because they didn't actually really meet the power of Jesus and, and us Christians because we have been too dumbed down and they've been doing the rituals and all the things and they know demons are real. Even the demons know Jesus is real. So it's unbelievable to me that humans don't. When Jesus was here on earth, they were, they mocked him on that cross. If you're really God, get yourself off the cross. Ha 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 ha. You know what he said? Forgive these morons. They don't, he didn't say morons. Forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. That's how loving Jesus was that he came and sacrificed his life on that cross because he knew he was going to get the keys of hell and he was going to say, you're done, Satan. You're done. You're done mocking all of us. So next time anyone tries to say you, I don't believe Jesus was that. I don't believe Jesus was this. Well, you can go ahead and not believe that. But let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said this out of his own mouth when he was here. I am the way I am the truth and I am the life and no one will get to father except through me. Okay. Well, take that up with Jesus. He didn't die on that cross to be mocked. And if you mock him, life is short. I went to a funeral today. Life is short. Life is short. And we either make a mark while we're here or we don't. 
You know, we either worship Satan or we worship God or we don't, or we pretend like there's neither. But either way, there's an end and hell is real. I remember talking to a shaman once and he was like, hell's not in the Bible. The hell it ain't. It's in the Bible a lot. I actually read about it just the other day. So heaven's real. Hell is real. Satan's real. Jesus is real. Satan's minions are real. The angels are real. Everything is very real just because we can't spiritually see it because we're spiritual eyes have been closed. The more we open them, the more we will see the through this veil that we live in. And people do it all the time. And that's called traveling in the spirit. The prophets did it. There's many times in the Bible where it says they were caught up and taken to a different place. Can you imagine being that spiritually just in tune that you're like caught up and taken to a different place in your physical body? There's no silver cord that can be severed. That's another thing that traveling in the spirit through through God is different than astral projecting is because God takes you there and there's no silver cord. Not one person in this in that's traveling with Jesus through the spiritual realm has sees a silver cord like you do with astral projection. It's a totally different, uh, I guess, seeking, right? Like Anton LaVey wasn't seeking Jesus when he was traveling in, in the spirit. He was seeking his demons to get him to the places he wanted to go astrally. All right. There's real power in darkness. What makes you think there's not in the light? For my birthday, my mom bought me this Bible. It's called the Passion Translation, and it might be one of the best versions of the New Testament I've ever read. It's just beautiful, and I love how easy it is to read. And I'm going to read you the last um, part in the book of Mark, and this is going to be Mark 16. I'm going to start at verse 14. So Jesus has already been crucified. He has showed himself to the apostles and many, I mean, the disciples, the, the difference between a disciple and an apostle is a, a disciple is learning. Apostle is teaching. Apostle means teacher. Disciple means student. So at this time, there's still the students and he there, you know, can you imagine? I thought about this because I believe prophecy, right? And I believe that everything we're going through in America and across the globe right now is to wake people up so we can take back not just the U.S., but the countries that we live in and not let this tyrannical government win anymore. But we can't do that if we're all fast asleep. So we have to wake up to who's really in control, what's really going on, what their real true agenda is, that the government is not for you, they don't love you, they want you and your kids all vaccinated and sick so they can... I, I see people in masks lately in Albuquerque and I'm, I'm blown away. I'm like, did they not watch the CNN episode that says that they didn't work and that they made people more sick? Like what is wrong? Like how much fluoride? I literally said this this afternoon. How much fluoride are in people's brains and metals and chemicals that make them so checked out and so just zombied that they think of wearing a mask outside by themselves in the fresh, beautiful fall air and they're, they're not breathing fresh air. It's just, and they weigh typically overweight. I almost said 500 pounds, but typically very overweight, at least a hundred pounds overweight. I've noticed it's, it's just that health isn't wearing a mask. Y'all it's drinking more water, working out, breathing fresh air. <laughs> I, I, it blows me away. Anyways, um, back to the Bible. So Jesus appeared before um, the 11 apostles. They were eating a meal 
And he corrected is this. I'm reading right out of this passion Bible. He corrected them for having such hard, unbelieving hearts because they did not believe those who saw him after his resurrection. And he said to them, as you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Okay, that's us. Any believer who believes in Jesus, listen to what we're supposed to be doing. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues, which I really had to pray about tongues, guys. I didn't know if it's good or bad. And it's in the Bible all over the place. And I will keep speaking the tongue that God gave me. And I actually set, I put a translation on my phone, a Google translation to see if it meant anything in Arabic. And it did. And it was really cool. So I do believe in tongues. I, cause in one podcast I was like, I don't know what I believe anymore. Um, but it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, I believe it. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and he sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God and the apostles. Look at, they went from disciples to apostles in this very book, went out announcing the good news everywhere. And the Lord himself constantly worked with them, validating the message they preached and the miracle signs that accompanied them. So I, I want to be a healer. I'm not going to lie. I want to be somebody that can literally pray for my father-in-law's half blind right now because he got ran over by a tractor. I want him to be completely healed. I know that it takes faith. From what I've read in the New Testament, you have to have the faith that you can be healed before you can be healed. I know that because every single person that went up to Jesus, Jesus said, basically, do you have the faith that you can be healed? I do. I believe. That's why I'm asking you. And through your faith, you are healed. But I also know that it takes a believer to show an unbeliever faith, miracles, right? These saints would, they were so filled with the glory of God that anywhere they walked, people would bring them by so they could just be around their presence because they knew God was that much in them. It, that's the power of God. Think about this. Because it's, it's hard to understand and wrap your mind about around the power and the authority of God. So I just want to pretend for a moment that we are, let's say, a cop. Because that's the one I've heard the most. The cop, a, a police officer, he has the authority to go to a robbery and say, you need to stop or else, right? But the power is his gun because the the enemy for lack of a better word the robber knows that yes that cop has authority but he could still you know say screw you i'm out but knowing the cop has a gun a taser all the weapons he has it's likely he's the the power and authority that cop has will stop the robber and that's the thing with us christians is we have the power and authority to do what i just read you guys through jesus but a lot of us don't even know how to use it. We don't uh, know how to access it. We've never even been taught in our churches because religion sucks. Religion's boring. God's not boring. I grew up in a church. I hated church so much. I hated Sunday so much. My favorite part about Sunday was after when I got to go get a donut. Church should not be like that. Kids should be like, 
wanting to go to church. Kids should be like, I can't wait to learn more about the power and authority of Jesus. But instead it's like, do 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 let's hear the same stories over and over again never talk about the giants never talk about your power never talk about the authority meanwhile the witches are having seances and new moons and they know all the stuff and they got all the power and authority going on in the demonic realm and as christians satanic panic it's not real don't believe the children don't believe their memories it's false memory syndrome they're not really going through that at daycare beyond beyond let's get the mom out of the home and have the daycares be raise the kids so we can do whatever we want during the day and you know they can't even verbalize the way they feel nor will we validate the way a human feels because we're gonna all have them in line little robots doing the same thing stand in line do this do that don't talk like that don't be too loud don't show your personality because you'll get in trouble go and time out you guys we need to change it it needs to all change and it starts with us it starts with understanding the power and authority we have through Jesus and understanding the power and authority they have through their minion, their, through, through Satan. But guess what? They all run at the power and the name of Jesus. Every single one of these demon, demonic evil beings, every single one, it doesn't take you being perfect. It takes you having the covering of Jesus first, and then everything else will fall into place day by day. All right. That's all I got for you today. But I also actually, I got one more thing. I want to share with you the testimony of Pastor Dave Bryan's wife. It's incredible. It, it goes back a little bit. It doesn't just start right there. It goes back a little bit. And oh, what right, happened? No, no, no. Okay, go ahead. I'm staying Take in the it. boundaries. Take it. I could totally tell wild stories, but <laughs> stay in the boundaries. The boundaries are, um, I heard God to say to me one morning, um, if the president of the United States wanted you to meet with him at four o'clock in the morning. Would you meet with him? And I said, of course I would. And he said, well, good, because I would like to meet you every morning at four o'clock. And I was like, okay, you just set me up. I understand they do that in the streets. I didn't know they did it in heaven, but he just set me up. So I said, okay, four o'clock it is. We're going to do four o'clock. We did four o'clock in the morning. Uh, for three years, for three hours, from four to seven. It was wonderful, fabulous, and I got happier, 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 full of joy, full of bliss and delight, and the cares of this dirt world became very dim. I didn't care. I was like, you know what, God, you're awesome. And I could, I was flying above it all, and I could see that everything that was happening down here actually had a fix that was gonna fix it in the long run. I could just see above, from above, it was different. And so it was awesome, and I was just happy and fine, and different people in the family were going through different things. And at one point, I could literally feel my spirit man cartwheeling around the room. I'm like, hey, calm down. You are getting me in trouble. Now, that doesn't make sense to most people, but it makes sense to me. So anyway, what ends up happening is I hear Dave talking with the boys. I can hear him over here, and one of the boys who's close to somebody in this room said, um, the in-laws are here. <laughs> that boy said to him, Mom has totally lost touch with reality. <laughs> and he was like, what does that mean exactly? Why you say that? And she's entirely too happy. What on earth? She doesn't even know we're all struggling. Struggling is a real part of life. And I remember feeling like, but you'll get through it. It'll be okay. There's an end in sight. I could feel the answers. I, could, I knew 
the end from the beginning. And it was a beautiful place, but I was just full of joy. And God had taken me above the difficulties of the dirt world. And I could feel it all the time. I could feel joy and peace all the time. And so as he's talking to him and they're over there doing their little intervention discussion, Holy Spirit says, I want you to test your um, neurotransmitter levels. Well, me being the medical thought person that I'm not, I'm like, what the heck is a neurotransmitter? So I pull my phone up and I ask Siri, what is a neurotransmitter and who could test it? She told me and said, you can have a good nature path test your neurotransmitter levels. I still didn't really know what one was, but I called a nature path, had them test my neurotransmitter levels, found out that my dopamine levels were over twice a normal human being, and that I was high all the time on Jesus. And I literally had lived there for probably a couple years at that point. And what took me out of that place was the cares of this world and getting busy helping people and taking the time away from that place of delight in him. So don't bind yourself to praying, praying, praying. Take time to delight. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. Step into that place of bliss through delighting in him 24-7. It's the key. Promise. It was high all the time. Most of you know this, but if you miss the connection between dopamine and dope, there's a reason they call dope, dope. And what it is, it's, a, it's an artificial, uh, it's an artificial stimulant that raises your dopamine levels temporarily and then drops you into a very horrible place as well as a state of addiction, right? So, um, the, the reason I wanted you to know that uh, and by the way, we didn't do an intervention on mom. I did an intervention on the boys. Like, uh, you, you need more of what she has. And the reason you're complaining is you, you, what you said is she's not living a realistic life. What that tells me is what you call real is way, way, way beneath the level of exuberant joy. That's what you call real, right? Uh, so anyway... Uh, it's like David Hogan says, I'm not out of your mind. I mean, I'm not out of my mind. I'm just out of yours, right? And so sometimes we look at other people that have more enthusiasm and joy and peace than we do. Uh, and, and then we, we give somebody a hard time about dancing a jig because he found him whom to know is life eternal. Let a guy, let a fella do a jig when he's discovered that, Right. Father God, the one prayer I ask for everybody listening right now is that we all find this ecstasy in you and that we learn to just shed um, the addictions of our past, whatever they might be. You know, you know our hearts. We don't have to confess to man. We confess to you. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are the God of gods, the Lord of Lord and the King of kings. You are the beginning and the last. You're the alpha and the omega. And nobody can conquer you. Not one copycat named Satan and all his minions Lord we we pray for them because they can turn from who they worship and worship the one true God and I pray they do because the more we have on your side the more we have to fight for the kingdom of heaven and the faster we win but no matter what we win so thank you for that
in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. May you guys have a blessed week. We'll see you next week. Well, we won't see you, but I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye.